0: For Pitt fans, this week was more the same. High expectations and a big letdown. And, to add insult to injury, Virginia lost to Louisville. But the Panthers still have an opportunity to finish the season strong and it starts this week against Georgia Tech. But, if Narduzzi stumbles against this really, really, really bad team, is his time in Pittsburgh done? We previewed the game, and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. What was your message about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened
1: in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It
0: happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today.
1: Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One a game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pit! Hail to Pitt. This is the week of November 2nd. This is the Hail to Pitt podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. Nards will do Nards. And Pitt, well, like it or not, they have Nards. Late in the game, fourth down on the goal line, and Pitt kicks another field goal, but they made it this time. Unfortunately, they gave up a touchdown to Miami, lose a heartbreaker last week. And to make matters worse, Louisville beat Virginia. And Pitt could have been, should be, first place right now and are involved in a four-way mess in the ACC Coastal. What's new? Saturday against Ramblin' Wreck from Georgia Tech. Cannot get here soon enough to get this terrible taste out of our mouth, Pam worst loss of the year last week
0: i think it's one of the worst losses i've seen pit in my my time as a pit fan uh i can't i can't deal with this this is this is i'm speechless how angry i am still still from saturday
1: i can't believe i'm as angry as i was after the penn state game but this feels worse because Pitt absolutely should have won vince
0: yeah
2: i you know we're gonna break it down here but you know if if you looked at just the box score, you know, you would have thought, you know, Pitt kinda of ran away with that game. But you know a couple key uh uh decisions, some key drops, some key uh you know, conversions, some key
1: turnovers and, and you know, that that was the difference. So we're gonna go through that crazy game against Miami that unfortunately ends with an L, but look ahead because I don't Whether you like it or not, Pitt's still alive. I don't know. Some people might think that's not a good thing. I just want it to be over already. But it's going to be <laughs> gonna be very fun to see the nutso coastal play out. And uh, we'll break it all down. We're a week away from basketball. If you want a complete Pitt hoops preview for women's and men's basketball, that's already up on the feed. You probably saw it here when you clicked on this episode. Listen to that. Uh, because basketball is going to start getting incorporated into the big show. But a whole lot of football on today's episode, and we're talking to you on social media, Pam, at H2P Show.
0: Yeah, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and we also want you to email us at hell the number 2 pit podcast at gmail.com and um, let us know some topics you want to see on the show in um, upcoming weeks. If you disagree with something that we talked about, um, let us know.
1: Yes, definitely want those emails to come in. We're going to start looking closer at our tweets and Instagrams as well. Uh, But we're going to start rolling out a a new segment on the show starting next week. It's going to incorporate your voice a little bit. So please email us again. That's hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. I get that right, Pam?
0: Yep, that's exactly right, Alan. Whammy.
1: So email us and, of course, at H2P show still. On social media we are brought to you by pretty easy podcasts and go to pretty easy right now if you want to start your own podcast any subject doesn't matter and it takes a minimal setup it literally is that in the name easy it's easy to set up a podcast with pretty easy podcasts and go to the website inquire get a rate and uh, set your show up and have your own personal producer to do all the heavy lifting while you just talk into a microphone. That's what we do here, and we get a show done each and every single week for you thanks to Pretty Easy Podcasts. That's prettyeasypodcasts.com. Vince, Virginia lost, missed opportunity, missed connection. Pitt should be in first place. Is there really hope they can end in first place still? Are we still in the same spot we were last week for real?
2: Uh, yeah, kind of, uh, you yeah, know, still, you know, uh, Pitt is going to have to be playing some of the other teams that only have two losses up there, uh, you know, a Virginia tech team, a North Carolina team. Uh, so there is, uh, a situation where if Virginia, if they would lose, uh, and, and Pitt runs the table, the rest of the way the, the Pitt would win that coastal division, uh, so it's kind of the same situation. I guess now it's more open up to, you know, maybe some other kind of tiebreakers. Um, but, uh, and Virginia plays North Carolina this week. Uh, and we'll be talking about that at the end of the show. So a North Carolina team that, you know, came off, a, coming off a victory against Duke this past week, uh, you know, however ugly it may have been, how lucky they may have got, you know, they're still win it, uh, a team that, you know, it's, it's not too many people thought we're going to be very good, and somehow is somehow
1: is up there. So uh, I guess we'll need the Tar Heels this week. Tar Heels one of few surprises in the Coastal this year so far, Pam. They're really everything else is pretty much playing out the way we expected, isn't it?
0: Yeah the the Coastal is uh, mediocre, and it's proven that with a bunch of mediocre teams. But the Tar Heels were supposed to be uh, down at the bottom. Um, competing f- with Georgia Tech for that bottom seller position, but Mac Brown's got that team playing strong. Uh, and if you listen to the show, you know I am really scared of that Pitt North Carolina game on Thursday night. I think the Tar Heels are a good team, better than anyone expected, and I also think that's the thorn in Narduzzi's side.
1: Well, I think there's another thorn in Nard's side, and that would be uh, the end of game on the goal line. Let's just go right into the recap. There's going to be a fun thing we could go through with the coastal and crazy scenarios after. But the recap, the Miami game, again, deja vu, goal line, kick the field goal, play defense is what the Nards playbook says to do. They do it, but they don't play defense. They give up the touchdown and lose. Were you saying at the time, Vince, just go for it? Because I did. I verbally spoke Uh, it out loud. Yeah, I definitely was. I know Pam was. Um,
2: you know, and what we were saying at the time was we got this team, you know, kind of on the ropes here. We had the momentum. You know, even if you didn't score, you had them backed up at their own one yard line with the way your defense has been playing. You very well could get a turnover down there, maybe even a safety and tie the game, get the ball back. Uh the, the thing I hated about it was, yeah, we took the lead, but Pam, we were opening up ourselves that all we had to do was just give up another field goal but and we would have lost the lead. It's not like Miami had to score a touchdown.
0: Well, in the offense, Miami's offense was playing bad all game. I'd rather have them try and go 99 yards. Narduzzi is obviously a big believer in this defense. He trusts this defense. As he okay, should. If- Right, he absolutely should. So if your offense doesn't get it from one yard, trust your defense that they can stop them from, and for 99 yards as opposed to kicking it, and then they have better field position. And
1: there was still quite a bit of time left yeah, in the
0: game. Yeah, that's but the difference. It's,
1: it's stubborn and thinking you're playing football in a bygone era. That's not where we we play anymore. Even a bad offense like Miami – I hate to say this on this week's show, but I almost want to just completely take my argument this week and and substitute it because it's the same exact what Joe Flacco said about his team with the Denver Broncos. I don't know if you saw his rant. It's not yeah. hard to get in field goal range in this sport anymore. And to basically give that up to a team instead of taking a touchdown lead, it doesn't make it's does it's not a logical sense anymore. It used to be, for sure. But this is not what you do in 21st century football. I'm sorry. And now to do it twice in one season, and both times it didn't pan out, will Narduzzi actually learn from the lesson? I doubt it, Vince. Ah,
2: uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is – he is just so, you know – Set in his ways. Stubborn.
0: <laughs> stubborn. I don't the know if I'm one
2: necessarily – called stubborn. He's so so confident in his defense. I remember a game in his first season as coach against Virginia Tech on the road, uh, I believe. And he had the same sort of kind of coaching decisions where, you know, maybe he should have gone for it. Um, It ended up winning that game. But he said afterwards, he said, I was so confident that our defense was not going to give up another point, you know, know, late in the game. And, And that's exactly what he was thinking here. And, you know, it's just it's just one missed tackle. It's just one bad penalty. Uh, it, you know, it's just one fluky type thing, and, and the other team
1: is, is kicking a game-winning field goal against you. And, oh, and I mean, it's just also the risk, Pam. Is it's not really there if you go for it and don't get it there with all that time left on the clock. There wasn't a lot of risk.
0: No, not at all. And what game this year were they aggressive in? UCF. They went for it. They put their foot. On the pedal, and they won. I would say they were aggressive in that UCF game. Would you disagree? No,
1: I. I they, they were. Yeah, they were. They were. They were. They were aggressive for sure. But in that one, they were kind of forced, and I don't think they, the decision making wasn't, uh, you know, right there in front of Narduzzi. It was kind of plain and plain and simple for him. Right, but the play game.
0: calling too. We can talk about the play calling yeah. as well and how I felt like towards the end of the game um Sibley did great in in the wildcat package but I felt like at the end of the game they went to it a little too much and now he's hurt and he got carted off yeah yeah it it just not that that caused it It just it it, the wildcat I feel like you use it sporadically you get what you want out of it and then you go from there but I mean we've watched other college football teams, and we've watched Wisconsin this year. You put your biggest guys in, you're on the one yard line, and you push. But, well,
2: let me ask you this: You know, um, so fast forward a little bit. Pitt actually had the ball back. Um, you know, after did for, anyone after, think they were going to score? There? Well, after forcing Miami to punt, Pitt had the ball back uh, with the lead, oh. a two point lead, and they ran the ball three straight times. And I believe and they ran it on a third and five and did not get it. I mean, running the ball on a third and five with that amount of time left, I thought that was you know just as bad a decision as kicking the field goal, maybe even worse. Especially
1: when uh, you consider you're the set you throw the second most amount in the entire country all of a sudden.
0: All well, of a that's sudden. What, that's exactly what Flacco was saying with the Denver Broncos. Um, right, Alan? That's exactly the scenario they were painting that happened there is it doesn't take long you punt and you go from there you gotta you gotta try and at least get a first down
2: yeah and and I'm not saying you know it was you know Pitt's offense had been you know scoring tons of points in this game they had not but it's not like they couldn't move the ball at all I mean they they had some success you know they only needed five yards uh I I, I just don't get it why they didn't you know, try something a little bit more creative. I mean, they, it looked like they ran the same play three straight times.
1: Playing and, not to lose instead of playing to win. That's exactly and, what that was. I
2: think, yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> stopping the clock there
2: probably would have helped Pitt if it was an incomplete pass. It would have given him more time time back on the clock.
0: But what I was alluding to, when after Miami scored at the end of the game and Pitt got the ball back with a prayer, did anyone think Pitt was going to? No score well, so no well no. I would
2: well, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily I'm not no. gonna go that far because um you know we saw big comeback drives to win the game against Duke. We saw that this was a good UCF. defense they
1: were playing. This was the first I understand that pretty damn good defense they played and, that wasn't and, Penn State. And we're gonna be talking
2: about this here, you know, uh dropped passes all over the place this entire game. Um and I'd say the worst of them was was right at the end there. Uh, Maurice French was hit in stride by oh. Kenny Pickett on, on a really nice pass. Daylight. If he hang, yeah. if he hangs onto that ball, he may score. He's at least on Miami's side of the field for sure. Uh, you know, maybe even inside the 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 forty yard line. Um, it, at least I got to think. Uh, I mean, that was just. You know, what a letdown. Just completely inexcusable there to drop that pass. And we saw a ton of drops the entire day.
0: Yeah, let's just get into that right now. The drop passes absolutely killed any momentum this offense was getting or going to get against a good Miami defense.
1: Cannot drop balls against a team like that. And a Griffin Stewart, my goodness. I mean, just oh. why Why trust them anymore, Kenny? Honestly. Uh, the, the the guy drop definitely dropped more passes than he's caught whenever it's thrown his way. French, it's just heartbreaking to see him have a pretty darn good game and then, I mean, just nothing in front of him. All he has to do is haul it in and run fast to the end zone. and An epic touchdown. The drops, of course, but the penalties again. Consistently inconsistent, shooting themselves in the foot, doing themselves no favors, and then that, I mean, you, you compound the the weird decisions like on the goal line to feel, to kick a field goal instead of going for it. I mean, those decisions by Narduzzi, I think you're getting to this, Vince. Those get magnified because of all the the poor execution, the bad play, the drops, and the penalties. Yeah,
2: and the, I mean, yeah, I, you could you could say that there was a lot of you know. Poor coaching decisions here, but they really uh, did not, you know, come through with some of the stuff that they they should have. You know, I, I mean, everybody's saying the defense played a great game, uh, but they did not able, they were not able throughout the entire game to get the kind of pressure on Miami that they've been able to with other teams. They haven't. Uh, they weren't able to get the quarterback specifically on that last drive. You know, I understand the defense played great, and and there was a lot of pressure put on them at the end to win the game, but I will say that they didn't come through when it was needed. They did not get the big stop. This and, is where we and, disagree. I know, I know you're going to disagree with me here, but, you know, Narduzzi said, hey, defense, you got to win us this ball game, and they didn't do that. Now, I understand they were put in a very tough situation, uh, basically, you know, if all Miami had to do was essentially get on Pitt's side of the field, uh, and there was a, a field goal attempt, and, and they could have lost, um, so I don't know if they were playing tight because you're in a kind of weird position where you can't give up any yards. Uh, but yeah, lo and behold, they did, and they end up giving up a touchdown. I, I wonder how how they would have approached it differently if they were if Pitt would have gotten that touchdown instead of kicking the field goal and been up, you know, four or six points. And then you know they couldn't have lost with a few, with just a field goal. Would would, would their defense have played any, any different? Would the scheme have been any different? I don't know. But but the bottom line here is the defense did not come to play at the very end when they were most needed.
0: Yeah, but he can't expect them to not give up any yards. He essentially I mean, did. He, he did. But the fact that that's
1: the risk. He, what a risk you're running. I mean, all season right. long he, that he's gambled on that. He gambled on it. It pays off, and against UCF, against Duke, they make these clutch stops, and we talk about their gas tank. But ultimately, Miami had to do very little to win that game at the end offensively, uh, and they did, and they actually scored the touchdown. They didn't even need the field goal, but they got down the field. It was a huge risk. It was way riskier asking the defense to do that, Pam, than it was than it would have been going for it on fourth down.
0: Right. Absolutely. And the defense, I, I believe if you hold a team under t- like 21, 24 points in college football, you should win the game easily. And that is even with two interceptions by Pickett, one that gave them really good field posi- position Miami. So I do not fault the defense in this at all. And I feel like teams play off of the like, coaches' mentality and their aggressiveness. And I just... I, I would like to get some of these players' honest opinion of the decision making in this game. Yeah, I know to, that'll never happen. You'll
1: have to wait till they graduate, and then even then, I don't know. <laughs> but we can yeah, only speculate. I know. Never happen. And we can only continue to support the Pitt Panthers as they are still alive and they play the worst team in the ACC. But I'll tell you something about Georgia Tech, Vince. Uh, Pam just brought up if you hold a team under twenty one. Or to 21 you should win every time georgia tech's done that this year (laughs) both their wins they held the team to either 21 or less and uh pitt's going to be taking on uh, a team in transition still a running team though
2: yeah a team that is uh is running the ball still i mean i guess you know i'm not sure what you know really their future would hold and they're ultimately where they're trying to get to But you know they're making the best of their personnel that they have. Uh, This is a team that that, you know they're running a a, a spread, a more traditional Saturday offense down there. Uh, But they got a lot of option principles that they're running. Yeah, because
0: Uh, they ran the triple option for years. Yeah, so they
1: have that kind of personnel. Four hundred running backs.
2: Yeah, so they're still trying to shoehorn that kind of stuff in there. Uh, Maybe a little bit like Duke in that they implemented some of that triple option a little bit into their uh, game plan when Pitt played them. So I expect to see some of that there. Uh, maybe not as much with, you know, you know, all the cut blocking of the offensive linemen, but, you know, they're going to be uh, trying to run the ball for sure. Uh, they're running back Jordan Mason. Uh, this guy has, has ran for over 100 yards the past couple games, over 500 yards on the season so far. Uh, they've been really trying to have this guy carry the rock for them and, and win them some ball games. Uh, so it sounds like he's going to be the top guy that we're going to need to stop. Uh, their passing game probably is not there yet that we really need to worry about, but um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, it's hard to say what to, exactly to expect from this team.
1: You just can't play down to their level. I mean, this is a team well, that that's literally doesn't know who it is on offense. Pam, look at this. Their quarterback, James Grant, their le- leading thrower, Six hundred sixty-six yards. That's kind of spooky going into Halloween weekend. But they're (laughs) they're throwing quarter. They have a throwing quarterback and a running quarterback because Tobias Oliver, their backup, has fifty-five carries, second most on the team. They swap out their QBs. They 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 substitute. They're trying to implement the passing game but can't quite. This is a team that's going to have to play a great defensive game or you're going to have to make a ton of mistakes for them to be in the game because offensively, I just don't think they have it. Pitt should stomp on them if Pitt plays without all the mistakes. I don't know if they can. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and Georgia Tech's in this rebuild for the long haul. I mean, they can't be easy transitioning from the triple option to a more – as you call it, a Saturday offense. But Georgia Tech snuck a win against Miami. And Miami, yes, historically has been known to play down to teams over the years. Um, But I, I would like to see Pitt come out and stomp them but I don't know if they they have that mentality or the coaching staff has that mentality are they going to just come out and come out with a conservative game plan and just run the ball and see what happens But <laughs> I'm serious like uh, what has this coaching staff proven that they can come out and just blow out an opponent from start to finish
2: what the coaching staff yeah the, what
0: the game plan
2: well I I've, I'll say this you know I mean outside of you know, maybe some choice moments, uh, in the past game. I mean, they've been throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, and so, you know, from that standpoint, I think they've been very aggressive. Uh, yeah. I mean, there may have been some, you know, third down calls that are questionable. Um,
1: but second half play calling though, they, they tighten up. They have,
0: they, they, right. And they get a little lead on someone. That's,
1: that's a fair point.
2: Um, but I, I don't think they've, you know, been very conservative from the get-go. Uh, I, I haven't seen that. But you know, to your point, yeah, even if the coaching staff does have th- this, you know, excellent game plan in place, the players still got to execute, and yeah, that hasn't been very consistent either. You know, I mean, we've talked about the drop passes. We've talked about some some bad turnovers. There's been way too much of that stuff the past couple games. And it finally came back and bit them this past Saturday.
1: This is a total you're facing yourself type game for the pit Panthers. They are the better team. This defense is so damn good. This offense only needs to execute a little bit and not be so conservative in the second half, but more importantly than that, not drop balls and not get penalties. I mean, I could have just ran a tape from last week's show because it's, Basically, the same thing, except now we're getting a little bit angrier, Pam, each week when we say the same thing.
0: <laughs> but yeah can I ask you guys a question yeah. in regards to the penalties? Who's that on the penalties? Is it on the coaches not preparing the team mentally enough?
1: I honestly, I have a I have a bone to pick with the way play calling comes into the offense and how they get set and that whole rhythm. It's just super odd to me having the quarterback oh,
0: it runs to the sideline every time, run into the
1: sideline every time. Who knows how he's communicating that, you know, that's like a long winded, long breathed, long process, longer than it should be longer than it is for other teams. It doesn't seem like the hand signals or the visuals are as crisp as it is with some teams, say for instance, UCF. I mean, as an offensive lineman, and those are the guys getting most of those penalties, false starts illegal motions it just doesn't seem like they're on the right page and that has to do with the communication offensively which falls on Mark Whipple I th- I would say to answer the question it's it's on the offensive coordinator and how he's delivering the message each play I mean it's bizarre to me yeah
2: never I haven't quite really seen something like this before um but I To me, though, I mean, I, I'd still say, you know, I mean, outside of last week's game, I think Pitt's offense has played pretty well. I mean, probably better than most people expected. I, I will say that. Uh, so it, it's hard for me to criticize that too much and say that that's the source of all the all the problems.
1: Well, it it so, is because that's the execution, and that's what's causing mistakes the these are talented players i think they're showing they're ta- more talented than we expected and they can throw the ball better than we expected but the fact is they drop the ball and they have false starts and illegal motions and illegal formations way too much
0: in my opinion it's too late in the year to have all these mental mistakes that's what all, a lot of these problems are mental mistakes
2: are you telling me that Pickett running to the sideline in between no. every play is causing Maurice French to drop that ball? No,
0: no, 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 no. I, I disagree with Alan a little bit. I don't think um, – I think maybe some of the false starts may contributed to that, but not the overall penalties and lack of discipline we're seeing there. I just want to know why there's so many mental mistakes at this point in the season.
1: It's, it's a collective uh, failing. It's a team sport, but – I don't know. I feel like there could be something more. Mark Whipple needs to really get a hold of these players offensively and get them on the same page. I think there's something to do with the offensive rhythm because there's none. Because when you're a team that could blast off and blow the doors off of teams for a half and then completely stumble in a second half or, or be completely anemic the way they were against Miami, the inconsistency that has to do a lot, I think, with communication and rhythm, Vince. There just isn't consistency with the offense the defense they they have it the offense it's on them this week i think to just play up to their potential and not make the errors
2: well i'll say this you know in terms of the offensive line you know uh, save for jimmy morrissey uh all these other guys are or or at least you know a a good a fair amount of these guys are in their first years as starters they may have only started six games you know a couple of them uh, you know, have only played, you know, a handful of college games in their entire career. Uh, so it's not it's not like this is a, in a very experienced unit making a lot of mental mistakes. Uh, so, you know, I expected, I think we all expected some of that stuff. Uh, and I'll say this, like in terms of the pass protection, I think everybody's got to be very pleased, I think, with where... Uh, you know, the offensive line has been, you know, the run blocking has not been there, uh, but we've seen that they're capable of it. And, you know, I th- I think this offensive line is continuing to get better, uh, you know, false starts, you know, things of that nature, you know, not the best. But, you know, I-, I don't think it's been as killer as maybe some of the other penalties have been, you know, bad personal fouls, unnecessary roughness, you know, uh, pass interference. I think those things have been more detrimental.
1: It's going to be a game that I hope doesn't frustrate the hell out of us. I don't know.
2: I wouldn't count on that.
1: It's an eight and a half point spread from our friends at the Westgate. (sighs) Pam, please just tell me Pitt rocks Ramblin' Wreck and gets one where we can just kind of party the entire afternoon.
0: I'm going to say 21-3, Pitt. I think the defense is going to gonna perform here, and um, I just think Georgia Tech's offense is that anemic, and I think Pitt is going to get conservative with play con here in the second half. So I think
1: 21-3. 21-3. A little too close for comfort for me, but it makes sense. I'm going to go 24-3. This defense, I'm hoping... Is going to play inspired after giving up that that touchdown to a backup quarterback at the end of the game? There, Vince.
2: Yeah, I I, I certainly hope that they do. I I I think they're they're going to get back to to really playing it. I, I think there's a good opportunity to to really get some turnovers this game. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Pitt scores in the twenties here uh, for sure. Hopefully more. You know, I'm I'm looking at you know a twenty seven. 27-3, to 27-10 type of ball game.
1: All right, there we go. The Pitt Panthers get back on track. What happens in the rest of the ACC Coastal? We'll get to predicting the rest of the college football in a minute, but I have a fun thing I found on Reddit this week. Someone laid out the scenario, Pam, for a seven-way tie in the ACC Coastal, finishing in a seven-way tie. It's possible. You want to hear how that could happen?
0: Yeah, I do, and I kind of, at this point, want it to happen. <laughs> why, why
1: would you want that?
0: Just because, you know...
1: If you want I that mean, to happen, that means you want Pitt to lose this week because they have to lose the Georgia Tech. Oh, no, to no, 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 no,
0: no, <laughs> no, I don't want that. I, I didn't fully read the uh, the length of the scenario. I don't want Pitt to lose, but um, if Pitt's going to end up in a tie for the Coastal, so let it be some crazy thing that happens.
1: Well, here's what has to happen for a seven-way tie. I mean, this thing could end in like a three, four-way tie easily. This is a seven-way tie scenario in the ACC Coastal. Virginia would have to lose to UNC, Georgia Tech, and beat Virginia Tech. Losing two out of three, I doubt that. We'll see. North Carolina would have to beat Virginia, lose to Pitt, that'd be nice, and lose to NC State. Virginia Tech would have to beat Wake Forest, beat Georgia Tech, lose to Pitt and lose to Virginia. Pitt would have to lose to Georgia Tech, beat North Carolina, beat Virginia Tech, lose to Boston College, all possible. Duke would have to beat Syracuse, <laughs> lose to Wake Forest, beat Miami. Miami would have to beat Florida State, beat Louisville, and lose to Duke. And Georgia Tech, these are the, the no way, this is why it will not happen. We'll have to beat Pitt, beat Virginia, lose to Virginia Tech. And beat NC State. And I think with Georgia Tech, we can all agree. There's no way they're losing to Virginia Tech. I don't think... Say that again. That but... was that was a joke. <laughs> they're going to lose all those games. Oh, uh, okay. I was going to say... <laughs> I thought I missed something there. I was...
0: <laughs> but, I mean, I've been down on Virginia Tech this year, so... But uh, that's insane. That is an insane scenario there. But... The crazy thing is it could happen. I mean, the the odds of it happening and like nothing fluky in a game happening is crazy, but um thanks for sharing that. I well, enjoyed listening to you run that down.
1: Yeah, here's how I look at that. I mean, that's all like you know, word jumble there, but the fact that I could reel that off in, you know, without going super fast in less than 30 seconds means it's possible to me. <laughs> that's yeah. how I look at it.
2: And join uh, us next week where we talk about the the potential five way tie in the Pac twelve South.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, we have a lot of people on Reddit that would love to hear us run that down. They love when we talk Pac twelve. I don't know how much we'll get into them this week, uh, but we have a lot of college football to get into. But first, let's get into uh, the city. the The season has changed. Moods are pretty much the same, though. When it comes to the Pit fan- Panthers, aren't they, Vince?
2: Yeah, yeah, nobody happy after that uh, just absolute debacle at Heinz Field. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You know, I've had enough of Narduzzi. First, I sit through traffic on the parkway to get down in the stadium. Then I pay $20 to park. Then I gotta sit through a downpour
1: just to watch Pitt kick a field goal on a one-inch line. I don't understand why don't they just have Marino pick at whomever the hell's playing quarterback these days run in from the one-yard line. Why didn't nobody do a quarterback sneak in this time? Yeah, you know when we had Ironhead, you know you never saw that kind of thing happen. I'm telling you. Pete Gonzalez used to always get them one one and a half yard first downs every single time. It's the easiest play in football. A to pit.
2: That's what the Indians are saying. Uh, nobody happy uh, about uh, you know what what transpired on the North Shore this past Saturday, uh, but there, there's going to be a lot of happy people, uh, I think, one way or another. Down uh, at the the cocktail party in Jacksonville this weekend, Alan. Oh,
1: college football! Don't you call it a cocktail party, or the uh, the college football police will arrest you. I don't know; they're not allowed to say that anymore. But we yeah, call never it.
2: Quite yeah, that
1: we call it the cocktail party, and uh, there it is, UGA and UF. It's the game of the week. Um, stakes are as high as they can be. Even though both teams have some losses, uh, these are two very good football teams, and this will be physicality personified. And for that reason, I like Florida to pull off the upset to really put the stamp on my anti-Georgia stance I've had since week one. Pam, go Gators. I'm
0: a pro-Georgia pro, pro Georgia person here on this podcast. Um, Florida is getting five points here. I see Georgia pulling this out, but um, they don't cover this. I think Georgia's going to come out and um, be able to compete with Florida and win the game. Florida, ultimately, I don't think has enough offense. Um, and Jake Fromm hasn't played particularly well. And the Georgia offense really hasn't gotten going this year. But I think they do enough this week to get it done against Florida. Well, uh, well, this is why,
1: Vince I, and Pam, that's why I, I, I'm leaning Georgia, Florida, though, because I'm going off of what happened last week with Notre Dame against Michigan and if you lose to Michigan and you play Georgia well and that must mean Georgia's just no good and they've lost to South Carolina that's why I'm going Florida kind of because of what I saw from Notre Dame last week as a as a as a real influencer for me Vince
2: yeah, uh, I I hear what you're saying there, and uh, th- th- the stakes are high in this one. You know, the win- winner is going to probably win the SEC East. Uh, so th- this is a huge ball. Also, game.
1: one team uh, lost to the number one team in the nation, and the other one lost to South Carolina.
2: Yeah, I- I'm a little surprised. Florida is as big as an underdog as they are. Um, I- I'm I- I'm with you, Alan. I'm picking Florida to win this ball game. Yeah, uh, but but I'm. I don't know. I, I just don't understand this number. I, I, I'm a little, a little surprised. That it, you know, it's at five points here
1: at the Westgate, um, but I, I'm going to be monitoring this one very closely. It's great to be a Florida Gator. It's great to get five points. I think I can't more than a field goal. Um, although Vegas probably knows something, I could not believe what happened with Michigan Notre Dame last week. Vegas knew what was up. And they've known pretty much all year. They knew it was up with Pitt and UCF. Uh, this game, though, that ah, this is gonna be fun to watch. I'm I'm expecting if Georgia wins, they blows off they blow the doors off them. Pam, if Florida wins, I'm sure it'll be within three points.
0: Ah, uh, I think it could be close with a Georgia win though, too. Really? Um, I, yeah, I think Florida's defense is very good, and their offense isn't. <laughs> and Georgia's offense has struggled a little this year. So I think Georgia is, it's going to be a close game.
2: This week's going to tell us, I think a lot about Jake Fromm and, and Pam, you've been talking about how, you know, th- this offense hasn't really gotten going. Uh, they obviously don't have the kind of firepower that they do, that they used to have at, at receiver. And I think we're going to find out a lot about Jake Fromm. If, if he is, you know, the kind of player we all think he is, then, I think he'll be able to do some stuff against this
1: very good Florida defense, but you know I'm I'm a little concerned. It's gonna be a barn burner, but it doesn't matter as much to us as Virginia, North Carolina, two and a half point favorite, who's at UNC. I'm I'm gonna be wearing powdered blue on Saturday. I'm gonna be rooting hard for Mac Brown. We need this one so bad, Pam, and I'm saying we're going to get it, and Mac we trust.
0: We need it, but Pitt also needs to take care of businesses. Oh, that's happening. uh,
1: We got that. That's covered.
0: um, I think North Carolina is also going to beat Virginia this week, too. I'm with you here, Alan.
1: Yeah, the inconsistency from uh, Virginia that we're seeing, Vince. I mean, I... I don't think it's as crazy as you as you'd think to pick UNC winning this at home.
2: I don't think so. And I, although North Carolina got very lucky against Duke, uh, you want to talk about some?
0: They started you, really slow in that game. Yeah, you want to
2: talk about some? Just you know,
0: a uh, stupid play bad call, bad
2: execution, a a uh, uh, running back jump pass where he just threw it right at the defender, mm-hmm. uh, at, right at five defenders, really. Uh, a hor- horrible play for Duke,
1: but we can't—we um, cannot gloss over the fact that Sam Howell is like the new superstar in the conference. No one's talking about the dude has more than double the amount of touchdowns thrown as Bryce Perkins. Who the hell would have thought that would happen? Yeah, Um
2: Virginia. I don't know. May- maybe not as good as we all thought at the beginning of the year. Uh I- I'm going to leave this one up to the experts. I'm not, I'm not quite sure who, who to pick in this one. But, uh, that means you know, you're I, picking I Virginia. Hope, I, I hope North Carolina wins, but my God, could you imagine if they do and that Pitt-North Carolina game is going to decide
1: who wins this Coastal Division? <laughs> my, my, oh my goodness,
2: how, how nervous <laughs> would you have to be going into that game?
1: I'm going to, full disclosure, going to be very drunk that Thursday night and probably – won't make it to classes that Friday because I'm gonna to need to calm my nerves. I think the Steelers play at the exact same time, if I'm mistaken, Pam, on that Thursday. Oh, you're correct on that. Ugh. Yep. That's gonna be a rough night for us all. Um, but we need to get through this one first. So go Tar Heels beat Virginia. Uh Vince, you got us talking about a non power five game here this week. Undefeated yeah. Southern Methodist.
2: Yeah. SMU uh Uh, A a five-and-a-half-point underdog at at number 24, Memphis. Pam, I know you're very excited for this game. College game day going to Memphis uh, for this one at a primetime ABC game.
0: Uh, It might be the ESPN game. game. Yeah, I don't think it's ABC. But um, I love when the non-Power 5 schools get some love here. But I, Memphis, always a high-powered offense, but SMU's done – excellent uh so far this year smu is actually getting five and a half points it is
2: abc, oh, ABC.
0: yeah okay smu is actually getting five and a half points on the road here against memphis what do you take that as vince i,
2: I don't know i mean memphis has been impressive um but they but lost so, to
0: temple i guess right they
2: have but so is smus look very good here i i guess i'm a little surprised uh that, that's I, the guess is they're this traveling. I I don't know. I'm just a little, I, it caught me off guard by a little bit.
0: I'm going with Memphis here in this game. I think they win, and I do think they cover here. I think this is where SMU's magical season comes to an end.
1: I'm rolling with Shane Bouchel uh, the whole way. Yeah. Texas messed up. They should have kept him and got rid of Ellinger. No, I don't know about that. But Bus- Bushel is uh, is he's carrying the load. For SMU, undefeated, and this is going to be, I think, another win for for them Mustangs on the road at the Liberty Bowl. This is going to be an entertaining game. This is going to be – what's the over-under on this? Because I've got the over. Oh, I'm saying Uh, over uh, 62 at least, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm sure it's high. 71. Uh, Oh, 71 and a half. Oh, my. Definitely 72 then. I got it. 43-41, SMU. How you like that? Sounds good to me. And then our uh, token Pac-12 game of the week: Utah at U Dub. Does does doesn't the Pac-12 really need Utah to win this game? Which I don't think. How are they going to do that? On it's a tough place to play up in Seattle. Three and a half point favorite. Uh, Or is the Pac-12's only hope Oregon now at this point, Vince?
2: It'd be very interesting. To see, and Pam, I'd like to get your opinion on this, is you know, Oklahoma losing. And we're gonna be breaking all this down whenever the uh, the actual the real rankings come out. But uh, you know, you got Oklahoma losing. Um, you got Georgia who who already has one loss, Florida already with one loss. Um so I'd say there is a door open for a fourth team uh outside of the SEC champion. Clemson and Ohio State. I think the door is open there. If Utah and Oregon both meeting in the final uh, of the Pac-12 with one loss, the winner could could get in that game, don't you think? I
0: think the only way the winner gets in the game is if it's Oregon because their loss is a better loss than Utah's loss. Um, but I think um, if one of those teams stumbles, it's obviously done. But I think this also – the Oklahoma loss really paves the way for two SEC teams um, to make it to the – the Or three SEC teams. No.
1: Uh, no, that's not happening, Vince. I, I was just – if you heard me typing, I'm trying to find the last time that the Washington Huskies lost two in a row at home, especially in back-to-back yeah. weeks. If that happens, I'd be shocked. I'm picking Washington just because – and it's one of the best home fields in college football. No one talks about. I don't see even Peterson in I think a down year. Look
0: good this year too. Yeah,
1: I, I got them. I got them. It's a totally winnable game. Utah lost the USC. I got the Huskies. And it really is on Oregon for the Pac-12. Um, last week we didn't talk too much about it, Pam, but uh, Jalen Hurts, as far as I'm concerned, handed the Heisman to Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, I think he definitely uh, handed that one over. But I'm picking Washington here as well. I think Eastman has a, a big game here, and his draft stock rises. Did
1: you pick, Vince, three and a half? Uh, I, I have,
0: have not picked yet. You know, Washington,
2: they they very well could have beat Oregon in that game. Um, it, it just seemed like they got a little overwhelmed by or- Oregon's front towards the end. Uh, and, and I think Utah's front's very good uh so i i, I am going to lean a little bit with utah in a very low scoring game
1: that's a early early uh kickoff for a pac 12 game that's 4 p m eastern and that's on fox that's the what do you what do they call the not the game after the big noon kickoff vince
2: the next big game on fox
1: <laughs> the, the one well that's the big 1 p m kickoff i guess in seattle and that's uh, college football this week. Lots of fun to have. Lots of interesting games to watch. Uh, but, of course, watching Pitt, watching Virginia afterwards against North Carolina is going to be fun for us coastal fans. And uh, we'll move on from there. Hoops is one week away as well. We're getting you set for that. Like we said earlier, our preview episode for men's and women's basketball is up on the podcast feed and just ready ready for the Pete to, to have some magic injected back into it new new look hopefully a new era they're calling it the zoo era what do you think of that gimmick vince i love it the zoo era pam do you think the zoo era is a a real thing that's about to happen
0: we'll see if uh on the court they can live up to that hype
1: (laughs) uh i don't know if there's it's hype it's more optimism we'll say but everyone go listen to that episode lots of breaking down of the rosters and the schedule and uh Probably start next week. We'll start breaking down games, and uh, it'll be even more action packed episodes moving forward. Anything left to say before we get out of here, Pam? Oh, follow us at H2P Show, I guess, right?
0: Yep. Follow us at H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram. And, that, pit?
1: and that email, again, we, for next week, debuting a new segment, right? It's hail the number two podcast at gmail.com.
0: Hail 2 pit podcast at gmail.com. Yep.
1: Holler at us. Send us any hot takes, questions, or tell us how much you love us, or I guess how much you uh, hate Vince's picks each week the way I do because I feel like I always disagree with you when we get to the college football segment. Fair enough. <laughs> Got anything left, Vince?
2: Uh, just, uh, uh, just happy to get that. <laughs> Uh, get all this out in that game behind us from last week and hope we could get back in the win column this week. Hail to pit.
1: Hail to pit.